the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. KDOW. KDOW. Streaming now on smart speakers and radio.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black and Your Money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Uh, we come off record highs. Just a skosh lower today. Record highs on Friday. Just a skosh lower today. Um, sir, meet the end of the year. End of the year, meet sir. Oh, nice to meet you. Not bad. Not horrible. I'm seeing very mixed markets again today. Apple's a winner and Qualcomm's a winner. Activision's a winner, but Google and Disney are losers. Like, hmm. There's not a lot to hang your hat on and say, this is the direction of the day. Stocks are mostly lower, retreating from record highs. Stocks declined in Asia. Stocks declined in Europe. Stocks are declining in the U.S. Who's the tail that wags the dog, or is it the tail that wags the dog or the dog that wags the tail or I don't even know what that means. Go Bobby, go Bobby. <laughs> so I had to take my dog for a drive and she doesn't like to drive. Zero one one zero one one zero. Um so I tell her get in the car and she doesn't want to get in the car. So I, I talked to friends about it and they're like give her some marijuana. And I'm like for my personal stash, no way. I'm, I'm, she can't have that. It's good stuff. No, no, no. They actually make marijuana for dogs. Have you ever seen a dog walk sideways? <laughs> Let's just say it was that kind of weekend. She only had one treat. Those things are powerful. I was like, I hope no one ever breaks in my house and eats those. Anyhow, and anyway, I'm digressing very early in the show. Chevron reversed some of last week's gains. A little energy coming off the table after a big, 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 big month of November. Intel's lower today on news that Apple's going to develop Mac processors that will outperform those made by Intel as soon as early 2021. 
Okay, now when you think of Apple, lay down, close your eyes, get comfortable. When, when I say the word Apple, what, what comes to your mind first? Is it, is it phones? Probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it, is it Tim Cook and Steve Jobs? Yeah, 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 yeah. Is it semiconductors? Uh-uh. But that's apparently how well things are going for the Midas blessed kissed company known as Apple. Anything they touch turns to gold. They say they have a semiconductor that's going to be better than Intel's best semiconductor sometime early 2021. We will get to meet new semiconductor. It's like, oh, nice to meet you. Today's stock decline comes after three major indices each logged all-time closing highs on Friday. We got a weaker-than-expected report on new job creation on Friday. That wasn't great. I'm surprised because I did a best of on Friday instead of talking about the jobs report the first Friday of the month. Um, Republicans saw Republicans thing in it. Democrats saw Democrats things in it. Yeah, I'll say it wasn't great. I'm trying to be bipartisan or something like that. So you got some senators, Republicans and Democrats, said we have a relief bill proposal. It's worth about $908 billion. It's well below the $2 trillion the Democrats are seeking. It's almost 80% more than what Mitch McConnell threw down. Will this be enough to get stimulus moving? I don't have the answers to that. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi and Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer have already indicated they would support the bill. Okay, so that's, that's good. Senator Bill Cassidy, a Republican from Louisiana, who was on the bipartisan group that released the stimulus proposal, said he's confident President Trump and McConnell will support the bill. So maybe we got the workings of it. I saw over the weekend Biden said, those $1,200 checks, they might still be coming to you. I'm like, ooh, that sounds like gravy. I appreciate that. I love gravy. Gravy is the best thing on the planet. I would buy a jar of gravy and eat said jar of gravy for dinner tonight. But to get a $1,200 check on top of $900 billion of stimulus, the market would like it. I like it a lot. What can you buy for $1,200? You could buy one PlayStation 5 on eBay. And something tells me some people will. Airbnb increased the target range for its initial public offering, joining DoorDash and increasing its share offering size in the days leading up to its public debut. America loves an IPO. Because we saw companies IPO and do really, 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 really well. Tech companies in the 90s. Any company could come public, and it did well. It went up 100%. And you're like, this is easy money. This is printing money. This is, this is a fool's errand. This is wonderful. I could do this. So we've always had this weird love relationship. It's not even a love-hate. It's just a love with IPOs. Now, I, on the other hand tried to have some standards and say, I like buying IPOs after they dip. When the insiders are, are selling their shares and buying boats, divorcing wives and spending money foolishly. When they've worked for 10 years at a startup company, five years at a startup company, three years at a startup company. How long does it take to start up a company now? Probably about five to 10. 
they've they've put blood, sweat, and tears into a company. After they come public, they have to wait ninety days, typically, to start selling some of that stuff that they get for pennies on the dollar that they're now selling for fifty dollars, and they paid pennies for it. I like seeing that float explode and the stock go down because it takes some risk off. Right now, anyone who's ever bought DoorDash or Airbnb as a private investor, they're at all-time highs valuations. I don't like that. But am I right? Do I leave money on the table? I do leave money on the table. Am I right? Not necessarily. I bought Facebook when it debuted at 40, it went to 50 to 60 to 70, from 70 to 60 to 50 to 40 to 30 to 20 to 18. I bought it like $24 a share for myself. Consult Borg Advisor for Ticket Action. I ever mentioned on the show. But that's how I play IPOs. And I think that's a beautiful example of it. So today's news is we have stimulus coming. It looks like they're mainly on board. Then you also get some COVID news mixed in with the DoorDash and Airbnb. What's the COVID news, you ask? Developments that are antidotal. Key milestones expected to take place later this week when the FDA is expected to convene its outside scientific advisory board on Thursday. I think it goes Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So they're meeting tomorrow and they're going to robble. They're going to talk. They're going to go, so what's the side effects? Uh, okay, you're approved. That's how it's going to go. The UK has already approved it. I would say that the world wants it approved. <laughs> and with 94, 95% efficacy, that's pretty darn good. UK is starting to get shots today because they approved it last week. I think that's going to be a nice thing, but I think we kind of know it's coming, right? So maybe not as big as stimulus. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Find me online at newfocusfinancial.com. Your comments and questions are always welcome. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I think I like the original of this better. This is a little too funky for me. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money investing, more. Airbnb's coming public on Thursday. Should you buy it or not? Ugh. I need to do a little bit more work, and I'm sorry about that. But I can tell you the, the the preliminary work that I've done on Airbnb and DoorDash is that they've upped their prices aggressively. What they're going to be selling to you, the public. And let me give you an example. Back in April of 2020, this year, Airbnb said, hey, we need money. We're going to come public soon, but we need money now. So they raised more money at a valuation of about $18 billion for the entire company. 
Now, the premium that it's getting again and again and again and again through the years is telling you that it's gone from 18 billion to 31 billion to 42 billion dollars in valuation just in the last couple of of uh, quarters that makes me a little bit nervous that it, there, there's a reason for it the pandemic has pulled demand forward i've got a friend of my son's their whole family moved to Napa during the pandemic and they're like, tear down our house and rebuild us a new one. So basically they went to Airbnb and rented a house for a year, tore down their house. And by the time everything opens back up, I think in the spring, summer of 2021 and school in 20, in the fall of 2021, they'll have a brand new house to move back into. And it was one of the very first times I was like, Airbnb does that. I knew Airbnb was good for little mini vacations and weekends away where you want to have a full kitchen versus a hotel. I, I, I get Airbnb. I've used it. I like it. I, I approve. But I feel like the home rental platform, I'm not really sure why it's gone from $18 billion valuation to where it is now $42 billion plus. It just seems like... Yes, a lot of business got pulled forward due to the pandemic, but really that much? Um, I guess so. So they're coming public, as is DoorDash this month. DoorDash, obviously a big winner. Um, there's like four or five choices, right? Grubhubs, DoorDash, Uber Eats. You can name a couple more, I'm sure. For me... My credit card is tied towards DoorDash. They give me free delivery for a year or something like that. So anytime there's a, do you want to get sushi? I'm like, yeah, just do DoorDash. It's become almost a verb, an action verb. DoorDash, that's a good thing. It's like when Google, I was once talking to Tiffany Schlein who founded the Webbies. The Webbies, I got nominated for a Webby for best financial website. So I was talking to her as part of that whole nomination process. I didn't win. Um, some company called Mint won that year. Ugh, Aaron Patzer, young billionaire. Um, where do I go with this? Um, uh, Tiffany Shane. Oh, so I was talking to her and I was back in on the East Coast and she was on the West Coast. And it was, I was doing my national show back in 2099, somewhere around there. And... Uh, I kind of wanted to see what she sound, looked like. She sounded cute. I was single. We had good on-air chemistry. So I go to Google, I type in her name, and boom, there she pops up. And I, I come on air, I'm like, hey, you're, you're a fairly attractive young woman who I just found on the internet. She goes, oh, you Googled me. And it was the first time that someone had used the word Google as an action verb with me. I was like, whoa. I think it's pretty fair to say if you become an action verb, it's a good thing in the world of investing. It's a lot like this weekend I was watching a little bit of football and the halftime show comes on and I was telling my, my boys, I'm like, see how this is sponsored by Visa? Visa is a good investment <laughs> because you have to have more money than you deserve to be able to sponsor a halftime show. 
What do you get for sponsoring it? Do you get like a, a million dollars of free swipes? Nope. You get James Brown. James Brown? Not that James Brown. Different James Brown. You get James Brown saying it's the Visa halftime report. That's all he does. And it's done. You probably get sweets to the Super Bowl and stuff like that, but you get the idea. So Airbnb is coming public. How do you feel about that? Scammers are trying to rob Amazon Prime users of $800. This is a silly little scam. He got a recording message from Amazon stating that there was a pending charge of $799. And he was like, wait, wait. I thought I did that online. Why am I getting a phone call saying that I have to pay $799 to keep my Amazon Prime going? Scammers. It's a big one going around right now. And what's interesting is it must work, right? Um, people get phone calls now that say their Apple iCloud account has been compromised and they shouldn't use it online until they fix the problem with a credit card. Yes, we are a society that lives in that world. Disney's had a good run, a record-breaking rally. I own shares of Disney. Disney has got the comeback story of the year on Wall Street in my mind. Stock hit an all-time high for a third session in a row, and last time I checked, Disneyland is locked down and no one can go. I think you can go for like the restaurants, and maybe not even that anymore. I think you can go walk around the park and go, oh, look, a ride that I can't go on. Maybe you could shop in their stores, but you get the idea. How is their stock at an all-time high? Warner Brothers kind of helped them out, I think. Warner Brothers on Friday decided to release all 2021 films to its streaming service. Has that thrown a curveball for Disney's blockbuster business? Nah, not much of one. So Disney Plus has been fantastic. 73 million subscribers. Very impressive. How many of them are free? I don't know. I know I'm using the service for free. And yes, the last episode of the Baby Yoda show was probably the best episode there was. But that's not saying a lot because it's an awful TV show. But we are so starved for entertainment that we're going for it. So Disney's going to have to figure out what they're going to do with blockbuster movies. Because Time Warner made the first move and they said... The day Wonder Woman comes out in the theaters will be the day that it's released on HBO Max. I want to say HBO Max Plus because I'm so confused on all these names now. But the streaming service for Disney Plus has done the heavy lifting that theme parks haven't been able to do. And now that Britain's getting vaccinated, the U.S. will start getting vaccinations on Friday this week, it looks like. Not enough to really count, but a good start. You got to think about reopening those parks. That's how Wall Street works. That's why Disney set up the time high. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money investing. We're making financial sense of your portfolio. Now, back to Rob Black and your money. On AM 1220 KDOW. I can't stand my sin. 
money investing in more. That song, I think, was featured in the TV show Pretty Little Liars. An HBO show that was wildly popular. I think this time last year is the right way of saying that. Um, I'm not a big fan. I used to love Nicole Kidman, but now every time I see her on screen, I just see like collagen. I see, I see fake lips. I see fake everything. It's just, It's tough on me. It's tough on me, I tell you. It's tough on me. Um, that's all I got. Nicole Kidman. I <laughs> know you're saying show's over today early, huh? Warmer dropped the bomb. Um, yeah, that's what I got for you. I just see Reese Witherspoon on the land. Alexander Skarsgård. That was quite a cast. No. Zoe Kravitz. A lot of stories have been coming out recently about uh, Jason Momoa and how he's married to um, Lisa Bonet. Is that her name? Uh, Lenny Kravitz's daughter. Um, a lot of stories about how poor he was while he was filming Game of Thrones. Pretty interesting how we can go from Nothing to Aquaman as a nation. If that's not the greatest country in the world, I don't know what is. A lot of stocks are up today. Stocks are rallying into 2021. There's a coronavirus playbook that's playing out. BlackRock is saying, expect the market to recover from downturns. BlackRock is kind of at the end of the year putting together... Oh, it's not Lenny Kravitz's daughter. He dated her for a while. That's right. Now I'm getting kind of confused. BlackRock lifted its near-term outlook for stocks to overweight. End of the year kind of thing going on. Um, And what I mean by that is every December you get, what do we expect for next year? I guarantee no one in December of last year in their 2020 predictions predicted a pandemic. I could be wrong on that. Maybe someone from China did, but that's going to be about it. BlackRock's lifted its near-term outlook on stocks to overweight. BlackRock is a big money manager, huge. So when they talk, you listen. You don't necessarily have to follow it, but you listen. They recommended investors take on more risk through high-quality momentum stocks in some cyclical plays. Looking past 2021, the investment management firm expects secular shifts in global trade and economic policy to diminish the appeal of government bonds and lift emerging markets' equities. That's the first thing that's interesting to me. Of everything BlackRock is throwing down, saying after 2021, 2021 is going to be a transition year, and they think the market's going to rally, and they want you to expose to equities. But what they said that was interesting was after 2021. You're going to see what Biden and China pull off as far as global trade goes. And you're going to see economic policy come out of China, economic policy come out of the U.S. And that should lift emerging market equities. So in your 401k, if you've got no exposure international, BlackRock's kind of telling me, hint, hint, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, poke, poke, consider some international Exposure. Because you want to make money six months. You want to be 
situated six months before that year starts. And it's not going to be, it's not going to start in January 1. We don't know when the secular shift in global trade and economic policy is going to become important or relevant. We know it's not going to be the start of 2021. We know stimulus is the story at the start of 2021. COVID reopening is the story. But somewhere in the back half of 2021, they're saying, hint, hint, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, poke, poke. Think about emerging markets. They see the shock in stock market recently as more akin to that of a large-scale natural disaster. Say a hurricane or an earthquake. Okay, let's think about that one for a second. How much... Let's go to Google real quick. How much did the 1989 San Francisco earthquake cost? Uh, killed 67 people, caused more than $5 billion in damages. That sounds like not very much. In hindsight, that sounds like not very much at all. The Loma Prieta earthquake. But they're saying what we've gone through now with COVID is akin to a really big earthquake or a really big uh, tsunami or a really big something, right? Um, I would argue that the earthquake probably cost a lot more in retrofitting closed businesses. I, I, I would argue that that probably number is a little bit on the low side. That's probably just insurance damages, right? And not all the policy that we had to change after it. And ultimately, that's what BlackRock's saying is that a lot of things are going to come out of this. And I can live with that. They see the shock as more akin to a natural disaster, thinking that we're going to get inoculated, vaccines are going to work. Still a lot of questions remain how many people don't get the vaccine. BlackRock's longer-term outlook for equities remains neutral. That's interesting. Longer term, the firm expects a policy revolution and higher inflation to cut into Treasury bonds appeal. The pandemic will accelerate a move towards sustainability and trigger a wholesale reassessment in strategic portfolios. That was kind of interesting what I just said there. It's going to accelerate a movement towards sustainability. There's one company that seems to be really well positioned for that. Tesla. Let's change the topic from BlackRock to Tesla now. Tesla could soar another 300% as the company expands its tech outside of the auto industry. I love Elon Musk as a goofball. He sent turkey and cornbread to the astronauts on the space station through one of his rocket satellites. Uh, yeah, You could have sent it up there with him a couple weeks ago. <laughs> he didn't have to send a rocket to deliver it, but that's how he rolls. So one analyst, Gene Munster, who's very, very good. I have followed Gene Munster as he's followed Apple for 15 years. He now is a co-founder of a company called Loop Ventures as he's left the brokerage world, research world, to do his own little thing. He thinks the company's going to move into insurance, autonomy, and HVAC. Okay, let's think about this for just a minute. Tesla shares reached an all-time high earlier this morning. They seem to be reaching all-time highs every week, every month, every quarter, every year. Now, he's saying it could soar another 300%. Now, again, did Rob say HVAC? Isn't HVAC... Wait, wait, wait. 
let's let's explore this a little bit more. They're going to sell insurance for the cars that they sell. Kind of makes sense. It's very high margin revenue. They're doing a lot of over-the-air updates with autonomy in mind. Tesla, two weeks ago, upgrade, updated their software. On Friday, they did it again. You have to have your car parked near a hotspot or a Wi-Fi. And 25 minutes later, you have new features in your car. Something that Ford and GM could only dream about. Monster added that the ship has sailed for traditional auto companies to compete with Tesla, though Volkswagen followed by GM are in the best positions to remotely compete. Wow. Munster's throwing it down hard. He said, I would not invest in Tesla based on the idea of flying taxis. But he thinks the company is going to evolve and be a tech leader in the next decade, and he's on board with it. He says there's no substance comp- competition. They're going to evolve outside of cars longer term. The venture capitalist, Munster, said he spent over 20 years as a tech analyst on Wall Street, that Apple could be the biggest company to compete with Tesla over the longer term. Oh, it's on. Right? Um, Apple's ambitions, he doesn't know because Apple's kind of been wishy-washy on it. At one point in time, we knew Apple was developing an Apple car, only that didn't happen. And the team has been broken up, and maybe they were just developing software for cars. He thinks Tesla will be the one company that could keep coming up with announcements to keep their stock moving higher. And again, HVAC, heating and ventilation, air conditioning. I'm going to need to stew on that one. The idea of autonomy is obvious but also having studied a lot on tesla they've got the goods to make the solar panels they've got the goods to make the the batteries the uh, that are chargeable they seem to be almost buying the gunpowder and the dynamite and the picks and the shovels they're buying all the tools that the future needs and they could sell them to their own competition, as well as make product themselves. He sees 300% upside. Total Broker Advisor for taking action on any stocks ever mentioned on the show. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Find me online at newfocusfinancial.com. Like the show, cause it's on a budget. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Number one song in America, thanks to Apple. EJR. Apple does a commercial with your product featuring Airbuds dancing, iPhones dancing. Christmas lights and boom, you're number one. Something that's magical and enriches people in some way. 
<laughs> I miss him so much. It's so funny because on the East Coast, I always thought of Steve Jobs as kind of an evil character. He was spiteful. He left Apple. He came back to Apple. He saved Apple. He was anti-Microsoft. He was kind of a villain who, when he made the iPod, became likable again. His computers, the Macs, you know, the whole Super Bowl thing, taking a shot at society, taking a shot at the, the establishment. It didn't work for me until I moved to California. And then I started drinking the Kool-Aid. For sure, for sure, I've drank Kool-Aid. Anyhow, and anyway, um, we're marching towards the end of the year. 18 days until Christmas. 24 days until the end of 2020. I don't think 2020 has been the worst year ever. I'm okay with it. I had many, many worse years. I'll say my sophomore year in high school, my dad was just a jerk. He was a Richard, as we like to say. Um, but 2020 wasn't that bad for me, but I see it as bad for a lot of Americans. One holiday tradition upended by the pandemic has been the holiday office party. And I say, good. There are still some companies in America that are going to host an in-person event this year amidst the pandemic. If your office was having a Christmas party, would you go? I can tell you in California, the answer is probably sternly no by most people, but Texas, it's probably, sure, why not? Can I bring my gun? We live in a divided country right now. It'll be interesting to see if we can ever work towards helping the other side again, like we used to. For me, it hasn't been bad, but I know it has been for a lot of people. I'm not fighting stimulus. I'm not going, we don't need stimulus. We should save the money. It's not. We don't want to run up the budget. I think we should run up the budget right now. Number one, interest rates are low, and that's the best time to borrow. If you have to buy a car and the interest rates are at 10% or at 1%, which would you prefer? 1%. FedEx is expected to play a significant role in the distribution of the COVID-19 vaccine. I was reading a lot about logistics this weekend. I never spend a weekend enjoying myself. I just don't. It's not in my blood. It's not in my chemistry. But FedEx is doing a lot trying to figure out high-speed delivery. And I do like FedEx as a long-term investment play for a diversified portfolio. Do I think it beats the market? Overall, yes. Do I think there's years where it underperforms? Yes. Um. But to me, when they're shipping, I still think of three things, UPS, FedEx, and Amazon. I don't even think about the post office anymore. I haven't been to the post office in years, it feels like. I don't want to go to the post office. My only relationship with the post office is going to my mailbox every day. Yeah, I get packages every now and then from the USPS. But in the world of competitiveness, I see it as a three-horse race. And it's okay I look at stocks as a horse race. Let me give you a quick, quick thought. I talked a lot about assets on Friday's show. If you haven't listened to it, it's the best of. Go listen to it. It'll be replayed during the holidays for sure. But the FedEx angle to me being a horse race is I talked about stocks, bonds, real estate, commodities, and cash being the five major assets. And during the COVID spring... One of the things me and my sugar booger did was we, we looked for live sports. 
she's a big hockey fan. I'm, I used to be a big hockey fan. There was no hockey. So what we found was horse racing. Now, I don't like sports unless there's a bet on it. To me, it's no fun. Like, the Super Bowl's fun because everyone has those squares. Otherwise, it's just a game to me with fancy commercials. And I don't really like the players like, Tom Brady, how do you feel about that win today? Well, I just want to thank my coach, my team, and and God. Like To me, there's nothing scintillating about sports. There's nothing fascinating. There's nothing great about the interviews. But horse racing became interesting to me because usually all the horses cross the finish line. And I think that's a great analogy for investing. I just said FedEx looks like a, a, a good horse for the long term. It's not a great horse. It's not going to win the Derby. It's not going to be Apple or Tesla. No. Um, but I, I see it as it's a three-horse race. And in the spring, I learned that like the five-horse races, if you have odds of like a one to nine, and then the next horse comes in at like five to one, odds of winning seven to one, 75 to one, that one in nine, you're not going to get a big payoff, but it's almost a guarantee to win, place, or show. So you could bet $5 and you might win 15 cents on a show. But I found that fascinating. I think stocks work in a very similar manner is how I like to explain it. You could break it down into tech companies, retail companies. Um, you could break it down into uh, financials. And then you could break down those into like little mini sectors or little mini races or mini horses. But they all start at the same place and they all finish at the finish line. Some of them get there faster than others. On weird occasion, during the spring COVID, watching horse races, you would see a horse just disappear. Like you would bet on horse number four and you're like, he's not even on the screen. This is embarrassing. Where did he go? Tony Mandrich used to play for the Green Bay Packers. He was the incredible bulk. In college, I think he played for Michigan State. He was known as OTS. He was an offensive lineman that would push his defensive lineman that he was assigned to off the screen. In horse racing, off the screen is not a good thing. In football, it's funny because you're seeing a big man push another big man around. I think you could own five different assets and do well. Stocks, bonds, real estate, commodities, and cash. They all work over time. Cash is probably the slowest, but it's not going to get you in trouble. Right? Same thing with, with sectors. Same thing with, with some names like FedEx and Disney. They may not be the winner winner chicken dinners every single year, but you know they're going to be competitive. Three star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to, he understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.